I think, you know what, if a blessing of, of, of a man uh, to his son is that powerful, how much more powerful is the blessing that comes from God? When God spoke the blessing to Abraham, and Abraham, though he was as good as dead, and the improbable yet impossible actually happened, so too now that Isaac, even under false understanding, has spoken this blessing to Jacob, it's gonna happen. A blessing isn't a well-wish. It, it, once given, it's given. Um, it can't be retracted. It can't be taken back. Faith and life. For some people, they're parallel roads. They never come into contact with each other. One never influences the other. Yet for some other people, faith and life are more like intersecting roads. Often they're running opposite each other, but where they do intersect, wonderful God moments can be experienced. But yet for just a few, the two roads merge into one, and the results are truly a highway to heaven. What does the road of faith and life look like in your world? We're continuing our message series on the blessed life. This is week three in this uh, sermon series. And the prior two weeks, we've been looking at what the blessed life looks, but through the blessing that Jesus describes through the Beatitudes in the Sermon on the Mount. And if you've been part of uh, this for the last couple of weeks, you've seen that the blessing that Jesus describes at the Sermon on the Mount, um, it's a different kind of blessing that I'm hoping that you're realizing that blessings come in different shapes and sizes and oftentimes things that we do not even realize are blessings that we wouldn't even consider to be a blessing can actually be a blessing. Now, this morning, I want to dig deeper into a little bit more about this concept of what a blessing is, especially a blessing from God. Because I think we, when we think of a blessing, we kind of think of like well-wishing, like I hope it goes well, or I wish you well, or I hope you have a good day. We don't think that there's really any power behind those words. It's just kind of a courtesy. It's kind of an encouragement. But that's not what a blessing is according to God in the Bible, that there's actually power behind the blessing. And I want you guys to understand the power behind the blessing of God, because I think once you realize that power behind the blessing and you live according to that blessing, um, it will help you to uh, understand uh, what God's call for you in your life is in a much greater way. Now, to kind of wrap our minds around this concept of the blessing of God, I think we need to start where we, for the first time, really see the blessing of God come into, uh, into existence. And we see that in the life of someone by the name of Abraham, who Abraham was, by the time he received the blessing of God, he was pretty old. In fact, he didn't even know who God was. But God chooses him, which we don't know why him, but God just chose him, and speaks this blessing to Abraham. And the blessing is basically this, is, is that if you move and go to this land, I'm going to give you a land, not only for you, but I'm going to give a land to your, to your descendants. In fact, I'm going to make a nation out of you, and you'll own and possess this land. Now, the crazy thing is, is when God spoke this blessing to Abraham, Abraham had no descendants. He was already past the age of, of, of really child, you know, having a family, starting a family, and, and raising children. And, and to complicate it even more, his wife was barren and unable to have kids. So they're in old age, the wife's barren, and God speaks this blessing that he's going to have a land and that he's going to have a descendants, and, and those descendants will become a, a great nation. 
So Abraham believes God, he trusts God, um, and, and he moves and goes where God tells him to go. And in fact, uh, God takes the, the improbable. In fact, God takes the impossible, and it happens. Why? Because God spoke a blessing to Abraham, and that blessing has power. And, and Abraham had a son, uh, and that son's name was Isaac. And through Abraham and Isaac and Isaac's offspring, we end up with the people of Israel. Okay? And so God speaks the blessing to Abraham, and it's a powerful blessing because it comes from God. And so Abraham's now received this blessing. And now Abraham, before he gets old, what does he do? He blesses his son. He blesses Isaac, and Isaac receives the blessing. Now Isaac then has to bless one of his children, and Isaac had a number of children. I want to share with you the story of, of, of Isaac and the blessing of his, uh, of his son because it's, it's kind of an interesting story in the Bible, but it'll help you to understand understand just the power of blessing. Uh, but before we go into the scripture on it, I want to kind of uh, set the story up a little bit. So um, Isaac ends up, uh, for having his oldest, and that's who receives the blessing, is the oldest son would receive uh, the birthright and the blessing. Um, as his wife's giving birth, it turns out that she's giving birth to twin boys. And, uh, and the first one uh, that's coming out is Esau. Now, Jacob, um, as Esau is coming out, literally, Scripture says, he's grabbing at his heel. Now, you know, whether, you know, it doesn't seem like, you know, unless something spiritual is going on here, Jacob understands what he's doing. But it's almost like he's trying to pull brother back in. So he comes out first because he knows that that's who gets the birthright and who gets the blessing. But it doesn't work, you know, even though he's grabbing at his brother's heel. Um, and so Esau is born first, and Esau has the birthright, and Esau being the oldest male is dad's favorite, okay? It's just how it works, right? But Jacob then being the youngest of the twins is his mom's favorite, and that's oftentimes still how it works uh, in, in families as well. Uh, and so probably some sibling rivalry between these twins and so forth, and uh, it, Scripture doesn't give us details about what that might have looked like, but it does say this, that when Jacob and Esau were adults, Esau was out working in the field. And while Esau was out working in the field, uh, Jacob was at home uh, making some lentil soup. Now, Esau came in from the field, and he was, like, starving. Uh, you know, and he comes to his brother and says, give me some of your soup. But Jacob says, no, not going to give you any soup, right? And Esau insists, and Jacob says, I tell you what, you give me your birthright, and I'll give you some of my lentil soup. That must have been some good lentil soup. And, and, and Esau's response is, is, what good is my birthright if I'm dead? Now, I don't know if he was having a low blood sugar moment. I don't know if he was really about to, you know, pass out or had been malnourished. I don't, Scripture doesn't say it. It just says Esau has a little bit of a fit and says his birthright's not going to do him any good if he's dead. And so he gives Jacob his birthright for uh, some of uh, Jacob's soup that he had made. And, and then that's pretty much all we really hear of Jacob and Esau um, until much later when uh, his dad, their dad, um, had become quite advanced in age. Uh, 
Um, and, and it's kind of looking like the dad might pass. And so you don't want to die without giving the blessing. And, uh, and so Isaac, uh, he's quite old. His eyes are failing him and so forth. And so he calls Esau to him. And he tells Esau, you know, he thinks his time's pretty much you know, close for dying. So he encourages Esau, go out and, and catch some of that game that I like so much that, 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 that you catch. And, and come and make it for me the way that you, you normally make it because I love how it tastes. And when you do, um, I'll bless you and, and you'll receive your inheritance. So Esau goes out and, and tries to catch the game that, that dad's asking for. Well, Jacob's mom overhears the conversation and she favors Jacob. So she calls Jacob and says, come here, while your brother's out trying to get that for your father, listen, I've got some, you know, and, and I'll cook it up because I know how your dad likes to eat it. And I want you to go in there and I want you to pretend to be like your brother so that you can get the blessing that your brother is going to get because I want you to have it. And, and Jacob's a little, you know, nervous about this. He's a little uncertain. And so his mom ends up dressing him, putting uh, his brother's clothes on him, and then puts some like a goat skin on the back of his hands because uh, Jacob's brother Esau was a hairy man. Okay, and Jacob wasn't, and so like goat skin on the back of the hands, and so she she prepares the food, she puts his brother's clothes on him, she puts some goat skin on the back of his hands, and sends him in uh, with this food to uh, get the blessing of his dad. And uh, so let's turn to the scripture, and I want you to see the power behind the blessing that Isaac gives, um, really by being fooled by Jacob. Look at Genesis chapter twenty-seven, starting in verse eighteen. Now Jacob went to his father, and he said, My father. Yes, my son, he answered. Who is it? And Jacob said to his father, I'm Esau, your firstborn. I've done as you have told me. Please sit up and uh, eat some of the game that I've prepared for you so that you might give me your blessing. Isaac asked his son, How did you find it so quickly, my son? The Lord God gave me success, he replied. Then Isaac said to Jacob, come, come, come near me so I can touch you, my son, so that I can know whether you're really Esau or not. So Jacob went close to his father Isaac, who touched him and said, the voice is that of Jacob, but the hands are that of Esau. He did not recognize him for his hands were hairy like those of his brothers Esau. So Isaac proceeds then to bless him. Are you really my son Esau, he asked. I am, he replied. And then he said, my son, bring me some of your game to eat that I might give you my blessing. Jacob brought it to him and he ate and he brought some wine and he drank. Then his father Isaac said to him, come here, my son, and kiss me. So Jacob went and he kissed him. And when Isaac caught a smell of his clothes, he blessed him and said, ah, the smell of my son is like the smell of a field that the Lord has blessed. May God give you heaven's dew and earth's richness, an abundance of grain and new wine. May the nations serve you and may people bow down to you. Be Lord over your brothers and may the sons of your mother bow down to you. May those who curse you be cursed, and may those who bless you be blessed. 
Now, after Isaac had finished blessing Jacob, and Jacob had barely made it out and left his father's presence, his brother Esau comes in from his hunting. He too prepared some tasty food, and he brought it to his father. And then he said to him, my father, please sit up and eat some of my game so that you might give me your blessing. His father Isaac asked him, who are you? Well, I'm your son, he answered, your firstborn Esau. Isaac trembled violently, and he said, who was it then that had game and brought it to me? I ate it just before you came in, and I blessed him. And indeed, he will be blessed. Now, when Esau heard his father's words, he burst out with a loud and bitter cry. And he said to his father, bless me too, my father. But he said, your brother came deceitfully, and he took your blessing. Now, Esau said, isn't, isn't he rightly named Jacob? This is the second time that he has taken advantage of me because he took my birthright, and now he's taken my blessing. Then he asked, haven't you reserved a blessing for me? Isaac answered Esau, I've made him lord over you, and I've made him lord over all of his relatives and his servants, and I've sustained him with grain and with new wine. So what can I possibly do for you, my son? Esau said to his father, do you have only one blessing, my father? Bless me too, my father. And then Esau wept aloud. Now his father Isaac answered him, your dwelling will be away from the earth's richness. It will be away from the dew of heaven above. You will live by the sword and you will serve your brother. But when you grow restless, you will throw his yoke off of your neck. And Esau held a grudge against Jacob because of the blessing his father had given him. And he said to himself, my days of mourning for my father are near, and I will kill my brother Jacob. Now, I love this story because it shows us the power of the blessing. Now, they thought Isaac was close to death. His eyes had clearly been failing him. He had gotten quite old. And it appeared that he was about to die. But interestingly enough, Isaac's not that close to death. How do we know? Because Jacob ends up having to flee from his brother because his brother wants to kill him. He's just waiting until dad dies before he kills him. But Jacob ends up having to flee to the land that the relatives are from. There he gets a, uh, well, it's a long story. He gets a, tricked into a wife, gets another wife, has servants just having all these kids. All this stuff starts going on before he eventually comes back. And when he comes back, dad's still alive. So as it turns out, dad's not near his death is, is what you would think. But, you know, in our mind, it'd be like, oh, take the blessing back. It was done like, you know, he didn't realize what he was doing. Someone tricked you. But, but a blessing isn't a well wish. It, it, once given, it's given. Um, it can't be retracted. It can't be taken back. Um, it, it's like it has legal standing. It's like it has the power of God that in the same way when God spoke the blessing to Abraham, and Abraham, though he was as good as dead, and the improbable yet impossible actually happened, so too now that Isaac, even under false understanding, Standing has spoken this blessing to Jacob, it's going to happen. And you know, when I think about that, I think, you know what, if a blessing of, of, of a man uh, to his son is that powerful, how much more powerful is a blessing that comes from God? And we see that once again in Abraham's life, the power of God's blessing to him. 
But what's interesting in Scripture is 500 years after um, God gives this blessing to Abraham and his descendants, we see that God gives another blessing to the descendants of Abraham, uh, the people of Israel, and that's recorded for us in, in number six. This happens when Israel has been, uh, they've been taken out of Egypt from slavery, and, and they're uh, wandering in, in the desert. Um, God commands Moses to have his brother Aaron uh, bless the people of Israel with these words. Look at number six, 22 to 27. The Lord said to Moses, tell Aaron and his sons, this is how you're to bless the Israelites. Say to the Israelites, the Lord bless you and keep you. And the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. And so they will put my name on the Israelites, and I will bless them. I love that concept. They will put my name on the Israelites, and the Israelites will be blessed because my name rests on them. There's power in, in, in names, and we see that in, in the world in which we live. When, when someone becomes a, a member of the Fort Worth Police Department, there's a power and authority that come upon them just by that name. If you're a member of the United States military, there's a power that, that comes, the power of the United States government and the armed forces of the entire United States, and all the power that's behind that is individually on a member of the United States military. Um, we, we, we see it in terms of you know, people that are part of clubs or part of gangs, right? You know, for good or bad, there's power in the name. So people that are involved in gangs, a lot of times they'll get the gang name tattooed on themselves. And when they're under that name, the, the full power of that name rests on them. And, and if it's a powerful gang, if it's a powerful name, people fear that. Think about the mafia and, and what it is, the family name, right? And whatever family name in the mafia has the most power, that's the one that people are going to fear the most. If there's that kind of power in human names being placed upon us, how much more so is there power when God's name has been put on us? And that's what I need you to understand is this blessing that has been poured out on, on Israel from Aaron. Uh, God says, my name will be upon them and I'll bless them. That same blessing has been passed down from, from 3,500 years ago from Aaron to the Israelites, that, that from generation to generation, that, that blessing of God keeps being passed down till we get into the New Testament days. And we see that even Paul, when he is writing to his uh, to the churches, he will invoke that. that uh, it's called the Aaronic blessing, right, uh, from Aaron, that blessing that God told Aaron to do. Paul's giving it to, to the people in his day. And so from 3,500 years ago to the time of Jesus, that blessing's been given. And that blessing's been given across generations to this very day, so that if you're a part of a, of a more traditional church, a church that does liturgy, at the end of every service, there's something called the benediction. And it's the same blessing that Aaron gave. But the funny thing is, is like when people hear that, they just kind of hear it like it's just well-wish. Like, oh, it's, it's just like a, a good luck as you go, you know? I hope your feet don't get wet in the rain and I hope the sun shines, you know? It, but it's not that. There's power that comes from it. I'll have to tell you, like, you know, for me, when I go visit people in the hospital and they're near death and I'm seeing them for the last time, when I visit people in hospice care and, and they, you know, they're breathing such and their, their situation such, I know that I won't be there to see them again. I always speak this blessing upon them. And it's a 3,500-year-old blessing. 
that ultimately is fulfilled in Jesus. You know, Paul tells us that, that, um, that this blessing of God, um, that, that there's a spiritual fulfillment of the blessing of God that's different than what we might normally think because we oftentimes associate blessings with the physical. But Paul says that Jesus is a fulfillment of the blessing of God. Look at Ephesians chapter 1, 3 to 9. Jesus says this, or I'm sorry, Paul says this to the people in Ephesus. He says, praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing of Christ. So we've all been blessed. We don't always realize it. We don't always live in it, but we've been blessed in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing of Christ. And he goes on to say, uh, for he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and to be blameless in his sight. In love, he has predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and his will and, and to the praise of the glorious grace which he has freely given to, the, to us in, in, in the one he loves. In him, we have been redeemed through his blood in him we receive the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the richness of God's grace that he lavishes on us. And with all wisdom and with all understanding, he made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure, which he proposed in Christ. Let's kind of go through these words that Paul speaks and that he tells us of. He says that the fullness of, of, of the spiritual blessings have been fulfilled in Christ Jesus. What are the spiritual blessings that we've now received in Christ Jesus? Paul lists them out. The first one he says is that he, he, he blesses us to be holy and blameless. Now, I think about it and think about who's in your family. I mean, look around. We're not too holy and blameless a lot of times, right? But yet we've been blessed to be holy and blameless. Well, on one level, because of Jesus Christ, we are holy and blameless. But I want you to think about the power of the blessing, that it's not just a well-wish, that once again, God causes the improbable and even the impossible to happen in, in Abraham, that even though you're not really living a very holy and blameless life, that, that, that there's power in that blessing of God to transform you, to live uh, not according to the old sinful way, not according to the old selfish way, not according to the old vengeful anger, angry way or whatever, but he's called us to live anew in Christ Jesus. And we can do that because of the power of that blessing. And according to the power of that blessing, we've also been adopted as children. Think about that for a second. You know, as the ch child of your parents, you are recipients of everything that your parents own. You're recipients of their house. You're recipients of their 401k. You're recipients of their cars. You're recipients of their land. Everything that your parents own are yours because you're a child. Scripture says that we've been adopted as sons and daughters of God. So everything that is of God's has now been given to us including heaven itself. Why? Because of the fullness of the spiritual blessing that we've received in Christ Jesus. He's blessed us by giving us redemption in his blood. Think about redemption in his blood uh, as, as Paul speaks about it. Now, what does it mean to be redeemed? To be redeemed is to be bought. So God has redeemed you. He's bought you. But not with diamonds, not with rubies, not with gold, not with silver, not with anything of this world, but you've been redeemed by the blood of Jesus. Now, think about that. Is there anything more precious in all of the universe than the blood of God himself? 
But yet that's how we've been redeemed, not with valuable treasures, but literally in the blood of God himself. And because we've been redeemed in the blood of God himself, he's blessed us also for the, with the forgiveness of sins. Not just the sins of, of today, not just the sins of when we used to live a different way and we would mess up, but, but he's blessed us with forgiveness of the sins of yesterday, of today, and also of tomorrow. And part of the spiritual blessing is, is a blessing that he gives in the richness, he says, of God's grace and a blessing of wisdom to, to understand what God has given to us and, and, and offered to us through Christ Jesus. So the question is this, so what? So what that there's power in the blessing? So what that we've received the fullness of, of the spiritual blessing in Christ Jesus? What does God ask of you and of me? Well, I think the first thing he does is he asks us to appreciate it. Don't you think Isaac appreciated the blessing that Abraham gave him? Don't you think Abraham appreciated the blessing that God gave him? Uh, as, as messed up as it was, I'm pretty sure Jacob appreciated the, the blessing Isaac uh, gave him, even though Isaac didn't realize he was doing it. And so the first thing that God asks of us is that you would appreciate the blessing that he's given you. And we show that appreciation by accepting it in faith, by, by walking in obedience, and then ultimately entrusting him. Here's what God ultimately asked for us, is that we would not forsake his blessing, that we wouldn't be like Esau. Because think about Esau. He had the birthright, but he was willing to sell the birthright for a pot of lentil soup. And nowadays, within Christianity, because of, uh, of the pressures of the world, because of the distractions of life, you know, I'm looking around at the church, and, and, and I'm seeing a whole church that is, is turning into a bunch of Esau's that are willing to give up that birthright uh, to forsake the blessing that's been given to them. But you know what? There's always a remnant. We, and we see the same thing in the Old Testament. God would bless the people of Israel, but many would forsake it. Many didn't want anything to do with it, and they, they, they would turn their back on God. But there's always a remnant that stayed faithful. And, and, and my hope and encouragement is that we, when we appreciate the blessing and that we would be the remnant and that we would be faithful, uh, especially during the difficult times of our lives. Because that's the part that's difficult is when we're dealing with the blessing of God is that we, we tie the blessing of God to when things are going good um, and, and when, when we're happy with our life. But the blessing of God is in the time of good and it's also in the time of difficulty. Look at what James 1.12 says in terms of who's going to receive uh, the ultimate blessing of God. He said, blessed is the one who perseveres under trial because having stood the test, the person will receive the crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who love him. Who's going to receive the crown of life? The one that's blessed, and the one that's blessed is the one who's going to persevere, who's going to be faithful, who's going to remain steadfast to God under trial. Why? Because it is during that time of trial, it's during that time of difficulty that we find out who we are, that we trust in who God is, that we trust him not only in the good times, that we trust him in the difficult times. You see, you're going to hear time and time again, people are going to confuse the blessing of God to think that the blessing of God happens when things are going well, when, when, when you never have any problems or difficulties. But I'm here to tell you, when I'm going through all the people of Scripture in my mind that, that were really blessed by God, I'm not sure I can come up with one that didn't suffer uh, trials and didn't have to persevere in the faith. And so that's what God calls for you and I. 
is to persevere when life is messy because life is messy and life is difficult. You know what? I, I know for me, uh, when I look back to my life, I, you know, I, I, though I didn't understand maybe this concept of the blessing of God, but it's only that, 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 that understanding of the blessing of God and living in the blessing of God that, that has got me through the difficulties of my own life. Difficulties personally, uh, it, it's what has got me through. But, but also even, you know, as a pastor, because once again, life is messy. It's easy to think that you're blessed by God when things are going good, but can you understand that you're blessed by God when things aren't going good? You know, when everything makes sense, when everything's lining up, when you see the path, when you see intentionality, when you see direction, it's easy to understand, hey, I'm blessed by God. But what about when everything's chaos, when it's controlled chaos, when it's out of control chaos, when you don't know where, you know, life's going and you're spinning in in circles? Are you going to see that you're blessed by God in those situations? You know, as a pastor, I've seen people miraculously recover from things that should kill them. And it's easy to, wow. That's the blessing of God right there. That person's blessed. Wow, what an amazing blessing. But you know what? Can, can I see and can you see the blessing of God in a disastrous death that's not expected? Once again, the blessing of God isn't just in the times of good. You know, for most pastors, we judge the blessing of God by, like, the congregation and the size of the congregation. So I'm telling you, like, early service, the very early one, I, I was as cursed as could be. <laughs> Everyone had one section to themselves. Late ser- or middle service was a little bit better, but whoa, now, hey, yeah, there's blessing going on here, right? You know, many of you know, some of you don't know, you know, when I started this church 20-some years ago, I started in my living room, and in a matter of two and a half years, we went from the living room to this very building, and it was easy back then to think, man, God's really blessing us. He's really blessing me. You know, people would say that. It's like, wow, that's crazy, and it is. That was crazy growth. God's really, you know, blessing you. I guess he is. You know, wow, yeah, cool. But then I told you, like, then, you know, after that, that time of early quick growth, it was like 12 years of just sideways growth of, of up and down and up and down. And it was really easy to think during that time of just sideways stuff. It's like, ah, I guess, you know, he, who messed up, Right? Because the blessing is gone. So now it's just, uh, you know. And then, like, the pandemic hits, and and we're into COVID, and all the other churches are shutting down, and and everyone's liking the faith over fear in in a church that's willing to take a stand of faith and stuff like that. And it's like, wow, God's really blessing you again. Like, yeah, yeah, I guess he is. And, and, you know, the church, we're going to three services. We've never been to three services before. And, and, And you can see the blessing in that. And then, like, you know, honestly, over the last six months or so, it's like, you know what, a lot of that just stop. All the churches are saying faith over fear. They're all open again. Everyone has a really short memory, so it doesn't matter how their church disappointed them. They're still going back to those that, that, that did disappoint them, or they're going back to the businesses that, that may have disappointed them, because in the end, everyone's about convenience. And, and so, okay, now it's like, eh, so is the Lord not blessed? No, God's blessing is in good times, and God's blessing is bad time. What God calls for us in the midst of, of it all is to be faithful, and to not look at blessing based upon how great things might be going in our lives. How about for you and in your life? You know, some of you are dealing with parents who are declining in health. Are you able to care for them when they live a few hundred miles away or a thousand miles away? 
Should you maybe uproot them from where they've grown up their whole life and move them into your home so you can care for them because it'd be easier for you? Do you move them into, you know, a, 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 a nursing home, even though you know that that's not what they would want? Those can be some difficult decisions. But James tells us in the middle of difficulties and difficult decisions that we're to persevere. Some of you are in relationships with your, uh, your spouse or your loved one, and it, it's really pretty rocky and messy, and you, you're not sure it's going to last the year. Do you see your life as being blessed? Some of you are wrestling with your kids, and your kids like have walked away from their faith, and if they're here, they're only here because you're making them, or maybe your kids are grown up and they don't even go to church anymore, and you thought you, ta- you taught them better. You know, some of you are dealing with the fact that your kids won't listen to you anymore, and they reject uh, your authority in their lives. Uh, uh, are you being blessed? James says, be faithful in the trials of your life. Some of you are worried about the future of the country and what it holds for your children or your grandchildren, and it just doesn't really look like it's going to turn out really well. Uh, James says in the middle of those concerns to understand that you live with the name of God on you and that you are blessed. Some of you are working for companies where you're about to face a very difficult decision. It's like my company doesn't share my values. In fact, my, my company does things that are against my values. But you know what? I make more with these guys than what I would somewhere else. And you're, you're, you're forced with this, this battle. Do I like quit my job and, and this, the status of living that I have? And I'm, am I willing to, to live in a smaller house? Am I willing to drive a less expensive car in, in order to work for a company that, that actually shares my values? Some of you struggle with depression and anxiety and uncertainty. Some of you are really worried about what the rising costs of gas and, and, and electricity to heat your homes or, or gas to heat your homes or, or uh, you, know, you know, just uh, all the costs that are going up in life right now. Some of you are really struggling with how are you going to pay your bills. Some of you have seen your 401k go down and it doesn't even look like you're going to be able to retire anytime soon. Life's messy. There's ups, and so oftentimes there's a bunch of downs. But James encourages us, be faithful under difficulties. Be faithful and persevere in trials, and that you'll be blessed. Why? Because we are blessed by God. We have the name of God on our hearts, and there's power in that name. And so if you're looking out in the next six months, look really scary to you. The storm clouds are, are, are forming. You don't really know how it's going to turn out, but there's not a whole lot of good solutions and, and only difficult solutions. You know what? Don't worry about that. Don't let it scare you because you have God's blessing. You have God's name on your heart. And some of you are going to be tempted with the allure of success and, once again, uh, to maybe um, uh, sacrifice some of your values or principles in order to make a little bit of money. Don't fall for it because you don't need it because you've got God's name on your heart and there's power behind that. 
Many of us in here are going to be challenged to, uh, to really sell out on what our beliefs and values are because the world is exerting all kinds of force and pressure to get us to not even read certain passages of Scripture, to get us to, to in fact, renounce parts of Scripture uh, so that what we say and what we believe match what our culture says and believes. You don't have to do it. In the book of Revelation, it says that the time's coming that, you know what, that even being faithful, blessed followers of God, you won't be able to walk into a supermarket and buy food. You might have a job that's not willing to hire you. In fact, no one uh, maybe will be willing to hire you. Maybe, maybe government or corporations won't even allow you uh, to be hired because of uh, what you stand for, what you believe. Uh, the, the concept of understanding that the blessing is real, and it's real in not only good times but in bad times, is that even if government, even if the corporation, even if any power authority says you will not eat, you will not drink, you will not buy, you will not sell, it's all right because you have true power and you, you have the power uh, of the name of God on you, and, and, and he will sustain you. He promises you that he won't leave you and that he won't forsake you. you. You've received that fullness of the blessing of Christ. We know our home's not in this world, but it is in the world that's going to come. And not only do we have that hope in the world to come, but our God, who gives that very real blessing to Abraham, also says that he can make the blind to see, that he can make the lame to walk, that he can protect us from COVID. And, and, and I've said it and will keep saying it, that, that even when all the other churches were closing down, we've stayed open, and he has protected us from COVID, knowing having died of it here at Light of the World. He even has the power in his blessing uh, to protect you from the flaming arrows of Satan. Now, do I know what tomorrow is going to bring? Absolutely not. I don't know what it's going to bring for you. I don't know what it's going to bring for me. I don't know what it's going to bring for the church. But I do believe in the power of the blessing of God in which we live in. So maybe you're at that place in your life in which you really, you're zapped of physical strength and, and you don't have any fight left in you anymore. Maybe some of you are so emotionally worn down at this point that, you know what, it is a struggle to even just get out of bed in the morning. I want to encourage you, get up, get out of bed, walk, and not just walk, but run and fight for what it is that you believe in and live to what you know is to be true because you walk under the blessing of God and that is a real thing. That's not a well wish. There's power in the blessing of God and having the name of God written on you. So I leave you this morning with that blessing that blessing that God commanded Moses to have his brother Aaron speak to the people of Israel, and that blessing that has been spoken for the last 3,500 years across uh, this world to people of faith. And I leave you all with this blessing, which is not a well wish, but it's a certainty of power that comes with it because God's name is on you. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord look upon you with his favor and give you his peace. Do you join me in word prayer? Gracious Heavenly Father, we just thank and praise you for this morning. To be assured by your words of, of the power of your blessing. And merciful God, there's so many of us in here that are struggling through so many different things. And there's the, the temptations of this world the easiness of life, the desire to run away from that which you've called us to, we can be like Esau and forsake our birthright for something as worthless as a pot of lentil soup. 
I just pray, gracious God, for your favor and for your blessing upon all of us here, that you would keep us strong. That as James says, that we would be obedient and faithful to you during times of trial, that we would persevere. And having, after having persevered, that the fullness of your blessing would be realized, that blessing that has been realized through Christ and that most powerful price that could be paid, his blood for the forgiveness of our sins. It is in his name we pray. Amen.